Welcome to Sharing the Victory from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. On this first official weekend of summer, we will focus on the boys of summer, including Jeremy Affelt, pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. And when you walk into a situation where you feel the devil is attacking you or he's coming at you or you're trying to resist him, you got to remember that power that's inside of you. And when you bring light to a dark area, the dark has to leave. Former baseball star Julio Franco. Before baseball was a game, now is the platform that God created for me to share the gospel. And baseball legend Carl Erskine. It's amazing to me that I got in a room with guys that I played against or with, and we started sharing with each other, and I thought, gee, these guys feel the way I do. Here's the host of Sharing the Victory, University of Nebraska assistant football coach Ron Brown. I've always wanted to know what it would be like to throw a pitch in the major leagues. And we have Jeremy Affelt, pitcher of the Cincinnati Reds with us. Jeremy, welcome to the show. And tell us, what is it like throwing a pitch in the major leagues? You were a little guy like the rest of us, except you got to experience that dream most of us didn't. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's definitely a, a very thrilling experience for me. Uh, sometimes they're not always the greatest experiences in the world. You don't <laughs> always have your best day out there. But to me, it's a fun experience. To me, it's you, you, did, you get to play against the best hitters in the game. You get to throw against the best hitters in the world. And you just get to exercise your talents, you know, the way God's given them to you. And, and the platform he's put me on is, is definitely one that I feel very blessed in. And sometimes I do often wonder why me, but, you know, he has given me that opportunity. And I just, for me to be able to go out and honor him and my talents and, and to be able to throw, you know, into that environment and with that kind of adrenaline rush, I don't think there's anything better on a work level anyhow in the world to do than, than what I do. We're talking to Jeremy Affeld, pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds. You're scrutinized a lot as a pitcher. I mean, these hitters, they keep uh, notebooks on each pitcher. They study you. You know, when you think about it, the enemy of our life studies us, Satan. Uh, he knows our weaknesses. He knows what makes us throw in the towel. He knows what it is that discourages us. How have you learned to beat Satan, the enemy of our soul, yeah, you know, I think one of the, the main things I've come to realize in my life, and I encourage believers to, to come to that same realization, in John, in the first chapter of John, it talks about, you know, the Word is God, the Word was God, you know, and it became flesh. But the cool thing about it is it said when it became flesh, you know, it became a light that shines in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And it never says anywhere in Scripture, and if you look at how darkness and light work, light and dark are not equal. The only reason something is dark is because there is no light. So there's no equality with light and darkness. I don't think there's any equality with God and Satan. I think what happens is, as a believer, we have to come to the realization that when you have Jesus Christ in your life, and if you're in Him and He's in you, like the Bible says in John 17, if that is a situation that takes place, that truly is what happens to an individual when he accepts Christ, then you have that light inside of you. And in the first chapter of John, again, it says He is the light of all men who accept Him. And when you walk into a situation where you feel the devil is attacking you or he's coming at you or you're trying to resist him, you've got to remember that power that's inside of you. And when you bring light to a dark area, mm-hmm. the dark has to leave. Mm-hmm. It has to, because light gets brought into a dark spot, then light takes over. And as a believer, we got to have an understanding that we have greater as he is in us than he is in the world, also in Scripture. And when we walk, we have to understand the power and authority we have over Satan to tell him to leave mm. and understand we can overcome these situations and we can overcome situations where he's attacking you. And he can study us all he wants, but we have the trump card. 
and we got Jesus Christ. Mm. So he can study, you know, night and day, in and out. He can learn our, our weaknesses and everything. But if we can continue in prayer and continue staying close to Jesus Christ, then I think we'll always beat him because, you know, he has no equality with us or with God because of the power that we have inside of us. Mm, I love you the way you use the term trump card, and Jesus is going to blow that trumpet one day, and the record will be loud and clear for everyone. But until that point, you know, you quoted a couple times, a couple of verses uh, from the Gospel of John, and then you quoted, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world from the first letter, uh, uh, the epistle of John. And, you know, when I think about John the Apostle, Jeremy, I, I think about the intimacy that he talks about so often and the love that he had. And as we read about him in the Gospels, we read about he was the one who would lean on the bosom of Jesus. I mean, he was a very intimate guy, a powerful guy, a guy that would stand strong and, and, and eventually be exiled out to, to an island, and a lot of his buddies would be killed for the faith. But this man had a deep abiding intimacy with the Lord Jesus Christ. And as you talk about beating the devil on a daily basis, what do you do? I mean, could you give us just an example in the, in the world of a professional athlete, like a major league pitcher for yourself? What do you do to, to know the word? Do you have a game plan? Do you have a training regime? Uh, how do you spend intimate time with the Lord Jesus Christ. Take us through a day in the life of Jeremy Affil. You know, the first thing I do a lot of times, especially on the road, when I'm away from my wife and my son, is I make sure when I get up in the morning that I get into the Bible, man. I, I got to read the Word of God. A lot of how He talks to us is definitely through, through Scripture. And, and for me, to build myself up and meditate day and night on that Word, man, that's where success comes from. So I think truly... For me, is intimacy. You said intimacy. John, you know, he did. He laid in the bosom of Jesus Christ, you know, at the, at the table. And I think he had a true intimacy with, with Jesus. And I think he calls us to do the same thing. We have someone to, to look up to heaven. We have a, a person who can say, God, you know, this is where, you know, I'm at. And he knows the heart of all men. So you don't have to lie. You don't have to be afraid of him. You don't have to try to hide what's really happening. If he is truly the only guy that knows the heart of all men, then he is truly the guy you can be truly honest. You don't have to lie. You don't have to fake it. You don't have to, mm. you know, a lot of times when we're going through a bad situation, someone comes up and says, hey, how you doing? A lot of times we try to fake it and say, hey, I'm doing great. And you try to put on his face. Well, mm. you don't have to be that with him because he knows already. Yeah. And when you can sit there and, and get on your knees before God and intimately just say, hey, man, I need help here. I'm really struggling with this situation. Whatever scenario you're working through, I think he'll give you the answer because he looks for that open heart and he looks to save you every day from any situation. I mean, that's why he ultimately sent his son to save us. So he wants to continue to save us from every situation that we can get into trouble in. And I think he'll do that for you. So I try to do that as much as possible. We've been talking to Jeremy Affelt, the pitcher for the Cincinnati Reds, a guy who has a deep abiding walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, gave us some great insights today. Jeremy, thanks for being on Sharing the Victory. Thank you. Appreciate it. There's more baseball coming up. We'll hear from Julio Franco, who first played in the majors back in 1982 and ended his big league career last season at the age of 49. Can you believe that? 49 years old. But to hear that, you got to keep it right here on Sharing the Victory, the national radio show from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Sharing the Victory is more than just a radio program or magazine. Sharing the Victory is available 24 hours a day at sharingthevictory.com. At sharingthevictory.com, you can click on radio and listen to the program online or subscribe to the podcast. There's also articles, testimonies from athletes and coaches, and a place for you to submit story ideas. You can also download Sharing the Victory wallpaper for your computer. Check us out online at sharingthevictory.com. That's sharingthevictory.com. 
chalk up another championship three in a row. You know, the celebration is the best part about winning. I just, I just wish it would last longer. Because when the noise ends, that's when the emptiness and loneliness is deafening. There's got to be something more to life than just winning games. Need a new game plan for your life? Go to morethanwinning.org. Welcome back to Sharing the Victory. Ron Brown, back with you as your host. It's time for FCA Across America. Julio Franco is our feature. Julio first played in the majors in 1982, with his final season coming last year when he was at the ripe age of 49. Man, that is just hard to believe. A guy at 49 years old being able to play Major League Baseball. Julio played on eight different teams during his career in the majors. He is the oldest player ever to hit a home run. Julio spoke earlier this year at the Atlanta FCA Champions Breakfast. Julio says early in his career, he went back to his home country of the Dominican Republic. Let's listen in as Julio tells how he came to Jesus Christ. I go to church, and they're clapping and dancing and they're praying, and, and they have so much fun that I tell Rosie, Rosie, why are they so happy? They don't have anything. They don't have what we have. Why are they so happy? She said, well, maybe they have something that we don't have. But look at them. I said, it's obvious. <laughs> People were worshiping and, and, and testimonies. And by the time the, the sermon was done, I was convinced that that's what I want. I want what they have. Because I can understand that people could be so happy with so little. So guys, when the pastor said, who want to accept Jesus as your own personal savior? My hand was up. That's what I was waiting for. And uh, I told my wife, I want this. I'm going to accept Jesus as my own personal savior. She said, you go ahead. <laughs> but I don't know what you're talking about. Go. So I got up, and guys, that was the longest walk of my life. When you have to walk from death to life. So like 30 steps, it was longer 30 steps that a man can take. And when you have to walk to a pulpit and kneel and surrender. But when I did that and I got up and they prayed for me, my wife was right there on my side. And she told me, Julio, when you are walking, I see you feeling like you are leaving me. And I said to myself, when we got married, that I was going to follow you. Wherever you go. I don't know what I'm doing, but if you're doing it, I'm doing it. So that day we become born again Christian. Guys, I'm going to tell you what. In this life, it is the love of your mother and your heart, love of your friends, love of your father, your sons, your wife. But on the center of your heart is designed for the love of God. Only Jesus can fulfill that. And without him, you're not whole. I wasn't until I accept Jesus as my own personal Savior. All the gold, all the glory, all the money of this world never fulfill me into a walk. And I surrender. You see this platform that I am today? Before, baseball was a game. Now is the platform that God created for me to share the gospel. 
The gospel of Jesus is what I do. I was created for that. All those things you see, that 30 years in baseball, whatever things that God has in store for me, I understand today that the platform that Jesus created for me before the foundation of the world was a baseball field for me to share his gospel to people that need it. I'm going to ask you guys today, what is your platform? Your lawyer? Is it as hard to share the gospel? It's a lot of businessmen here today. But I'm going to ask you, what is your platform? Are you fulfilling the gospel? That was the ageless Julio Franco earlier this year at the Atlanta FCA Champions Breakfast. Don't go anywhere because you're dealing with a fountain of youth on this show. Coming up next, I'll visit with baseball legend and one of the original members of FCA, Carl Erskine. And I'll tell you what, even in his 80s, this man is sharp as a tack. You're listening to Sharing the Victory, FCA's national radio show. Kansas City Royals pitcher Brian Bannister. One of the great things about FCA for me in high school was just the fact that we got God on campus. Just the ability to uh, not only associate it with sports, but just to uh, get people into the classroom and and to share God's Word. We started it on campus uh, my sophomore year, and by our senior year it had grown exponentially. It was one of the few opportunities we got on a regular basis to share God's Word with our student body. The Fellowship of Christian Athletes at fca.org. You won't want to miss the next issue of Sharing the Victory magazine featuring a three-time Pro Bowl quarterback. Hey, this is Matt Hasselbeck with the Seattle Seahawks. The football stuff's great, but there's so many other things that have happened in Seattle. Sharing the Victory magazine is 40 full-color pages with articles on some of America's most popular athletes and coaches. For a subscription of just $19.95, you'll receive nine issues a year. Call Monday through Friday toll-free 866-STV-5031 or order online at sharingthevictory.com. Have a question or comment about the program? Our email is stvradio at fca.org. That's stvradio at fca.org. Now back to sharing the victory with Ron Brown. A huge privilege that I get to enjoy during the Sharing the Victory segments from time to time are men and women of faith who in the early beginnings of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes had a huge impact. And one such man is the great Major League pitcher from yesteryear, Carl Erskine. Carl, welcome to the show. Uh, it's it's quite an honor for me. Oh, Rod, thank you. I, I'm amazed at uh, my time in life. You know, I've been 40 now twice. <laughs> Plus another uh, add-on year. And to to really be still talking about those days, those games, those early FCA years, uh, I tell you what, I'm a very privileged person to uh, somehow the Lord led me or put me in the right place or something because uh, I'm eternally grateful for all that that opened up. Uh, So, Ron, let me tell you, I say every morning, I hope my first words out of my mouth are words of thanksgiving for, hmm. for all the great things that happened to this skinny kid from Indiana. 
Well, you know what? We need to be living out of a spirit of thanksgiving. We tend to be people who expect a lot of things handed to us. And I know at 81 years old, you probably have some great memories of that incredible gift that God gave you, Major League Baseball. And as you began your career, you joined revered players on the Dodgers team, such as Gil Hodges and Pee Wee Reese and Roy Campanella and Preacher Rowe and Carl Farillo, Duke Snyder, and of course, the great Jackie Robinson. But as you begin to play early in your career, were you a Christian then? You know, I was raised uh, in a church, the First Baptist Church in Anderson, Indiana, and my parents uh, took me to church when I was just a youngster, and I wasn't an outspoken uh, kid. I I was pretty shy and laid back, and the church uh, got ingrained in me early, and to be a part of the church was important to me. And before FCA even came along, uh, it was it was a piece of my life that uh, was kind of private, as life was somewhat in those days, especially in pro sports. In the clubhouse, there wasn't a lot of conversation about your faith. And I roomed with Duke Snyder for maybe 10, 10, 12 years, and Duke and I were close as brothers. But we didn't openly talk a whole lot about our faith. But Duke was growing the same as I was, but we didn't just have a lot of openness about it. But that changed over time. Did the Fellowship of Christian Athletes help affect that change? I know Branch Rickey, uh, the top administrator there with the uh, Brooklyn Dodgers, helped start the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Were you involved in the inception of, of FCA, and, and what impact did that have on you? Yeah, you, you're sure, I'm sure, Ron, you know, and maybe many listeners know, the FCA started by Don McClannan, a coach from Oklahoma. But he had collected articles he'd read about pro players who mentioned their faith life. And he just saved those in a drawer. He didn't know why. Otto Graham, Doak Walker, a couple of uh, outstanding pro athletes, uh, football players. And I had a piece in Guidepost about 1952. I'd pitched a no-hitter against the Cubs, and, and they did a piece for me in Guidepost magazine, which was in its infancy those days. Well, McClannan down in Oklahoma read that piece, and it talked about how God was a piece of my life and that I tried to be uh, faithful and so he contacted me in 1954 in the Warwick Hotel in Philadelphia. I just had my best year in 53. I'd won 20 and lost six. There was a lot of people uh, coming to you with deals, and I had to be real careful. But McClannan was so laid back and so meek, and he said, Carl, would you be willing to speak in high school or college campuses about your faith? And I said, well, I've really never done that. And he said, yeah, but there's no script. You just talk from your heart. And I agreed to do that. I don't know why, but I was nudged. I guess the good Lord says, Carl, say yes. I did say yes. But I didn't know what that meant, really. But later that year, during the offseason, Robin Roberts, one of my rival pitchers, uh, Hall of Famer with the Phillies, Robin and I were asked to go to Oklahoma City High School and speak to the student body about our faith. (laughs) I was scared stiff, man, I'm telling you. I didn't know what I was going to say. There was no script. There was no preparation for it. Just go out there and tell them truly how you feel. Well, Robin was first. Thank goodness. He said something that really hit it right on the nose. He told these kids, he said, look, when I was a kid, I could throw hard. My buddies tried to throw as hard as I could. They couldn't do it. And after a while, I realized I got something special. So I always figured if God gave me the ability to throw hard, he should have something to say about how I use it. 
Now, isn't that great? That is so profound and so simple. And I think that's the basis of FCA, is we've been blessed, now let's use it right. And I think that speaks volumes. It was amazing to me that I got in a room with guys that I played against or with, and we started sharing with each other, and I thought, gee, these guys feel the way I do. But we never said that out loud or in, to each other much. And, and in the 60s, later, society and the culture started to become more open in the wrong way. But you know what? That was balanced by Baseball Chapel, Fellowship of Christian Athletes, Athletes in Action. Some of those Christian-based organizations stepped right up and began to publicly, in the right, believable way, speak about their faith. Uh, in in the Lord Jesus, and it was a reinforcing thing for me to hear other athletes that I that I knew but never heard hmm. say the things that made us feel bonded. Hmm. Well, Carl Erskine, first of all, I want to just thank you for your faithfulness to the Lord Jesus Christ, and to be aware of the times and the the need for the public proclamation of Jesus Christ in this nation. Is really a special thing. and It seemed like you were discerning the voice of God and the timing of God in creating the ministry of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes to give athletes a platform. What a great timing for the Lord to present his name through that vehicle and for you and others uh, to respond. Branch Rickey, you've mentioned him already. To respond to that call is really special. I just want to thank you for that. We've been talking with Carl Erskine, the great former Major League Baseball pitcher. Carl, thanks for being on our show today and reminding us of what this thing is all about, presenting the Lord Jesus Christ. You're more than welcome, and it's a privilege. We would love to send you an email devotional called The Daily Impact Play. It'll encourage your walk in the Lord on a daily basis. It's free, and we'll email it to you every weekday. Sign up at sharingthevictory.com slash radio. FCA president and former NFL coach Les Steckel is about to weigh in on one of his favorite topics, the impact of coaches. Les is up next when Sharing the Victory continues. Here's a quick hit from Orlando Magic Senior Vice President Pat Williams. I think it's important to go for it. I think to get to the end of your life and say there was so much more I could have done. Uh, There were so many opportunities, but I just walked away from them or I didn't take a shot at it. I didn't take a risk. I think that would be a tragedy. God promises that if we ask for his blessings, ask for his wisdom, he'll give it to us. I think that's the way to live. Quick hit from the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, FCA. FCA. Every weekend on Sharing the Victory, University of Nebraska assistant football coach Ron Brown interviews the top Christian names in sports. Hi, I'm Tony Dungy of the Indianapolis Colts. Hi, I'm Bob Lilly, former defensive tackle for the Dallas Cowboys. Hi, this is Jake Peavy of the San Diego Padres. This is Tommy Bowden, head coach of the Clemson Tigers. Hi, I'm Aaron Campman with the Green Bay Packers, and you're listening to Sharing the Victory. Join us right here for Sharing the Victory. Just a reminder that you can listen to Sharing the Victory any old time you want on the web. Just go to sharingthevictory.com slash radio. It's time for Coach's Corner with FCA President Les Steckle. Do you remember that game we used to play as kids called Simon Says? One person would call out different commands like Simon Says, bend down and touch your toes. And Simon Says, give me 10 push-ups. 
The leader of the game would yell out a number of these commands in rapid order, and we'd try to keep up and do them just as fast. But sometimes he wouldn't say, Simon says, just before the next command. And some of us would forget that he didn't say Simon says that time and do what he said anyway, only to be laughed at for not listening carefully enough. Maybe that embarrassment at not listening well gave us an important lesson when we moved on to competitive sports. If we didn't listen well to what the coach said, then it was more than embarrassment we faced. It was also usually quite a number of tiring extra laps around the field. What a coach says because of his or her position of authority and influence is something everyone pays attention to. At every level of sports, athletes are tuned in to listen extra carefully to what their coaches say. They know they'll be more effective and more likely to win if they follow the coach's guidance built on knowledge and experience. And as athletes talk among themselves, you'll often hear one person reminding another, you heard what the coach said. In that manner, coaches have earned respect not unlike pastors and doctors. And in fact, a high school football coach in his career can have a much wider impact than the average pastor. The average pastor has a church of about 200 members, but a football coach has a team that may number 60 and teaches three classes with another 75 students, and both his team and his classes change each year as a new class moves up. If he teaches and coaches for 20 years, he has influence on many thousands of young people over his career. Yes, I truly believe two of the most powerful words ever spoken are, Coach says. It's been five years now since I last coached in the NFL, but I'm pleased to say there are still a number of my former players that regularly call me for advice and counsel. I'm honored that they would after these many years, but such is the bond that develops between players and their coaches. My favorite coach of all time is John Wooden. And even at 97 years of age and after more than 33 years since he retired from coaching at UCLA, his phone still rings all the time with calls from his former players from decades ago still wanting to know what coach would say regarding something they're considering. Even if you never played high school sports yourself, my guess is that you still remember the name of your school's football and basketball coaches. And if you did play sports, you certainly remember, no matter how many years ago it was, not only your coach's name, but how you hung on every word he or she said. Yes, Jesus is our master coach. His word is infallible, and his knowledge is total. His love for us is unsurpassed, and his mercy is always available. Spend time today in his playbook, the Bible, and observe what the master coach says. You will never go wrong following what the master coach says. Allow me to play coach and challenge you to model our master, our master coach, Jesus Christ. Godspeed. I'm going to tell you, we had some wise men of experience today, and it's always fun to hear this wisdom on sharing the victory. And I'm looking forward to being with you next time as well. Cleveland Thomas, the Arena Football League defensive star, will be with us, along with longtime sports announcer Fred Hickman. We'll also be joined by FCA's health and fitness expert, Jimmy Page, as he discusses the dangers of alcohol. Have a great week, and remember, there are two ways of doing sports. God's way or man's way, which one will you choose? From all of us here at Sharing the Victory, have a great week in the Lord. Want to learn more about Sharing the Victory? All you have to do is go online at sharingthevictory.com slash radio. You can listen to past programs and subscribe to the weekly podcast. 
You can also read about host Ron Brown and FCA president Les Steckel. Plus, there's a place for you to leave your questions or comments about the program or nominate an athlete or coach for one of our features. Check us out often at sharingthevictory.com slash radio. Thanks for listening today, and make plans to join us next week. Sharing the Victory is a production of the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, the heart and soul in sports.